you know what thought hit me this morning that was very exciting? <laughs> What's that? I don't have to know about sports ball stuff anymore. Oh, <laughs> you, you don't have to. Now you can choose to. I don't have to pretend like I care because <laughs> I don't. I really, really don't. Well, you know, if people had to pretend about liking bikes as much as I had to pretend about liking sports, then the world would be a place. <laughs> it doesn't have to be genuine. You, you just have to not run people over in your car. First. You just have to have feigned enthusiasm. I'm overly excited and overly honest right now. That's, that's good. But on the serious though, yeah, so I quit my job and I guess we should catch everybody else up. It's a very big moment for me. I thought it would be fun to talk to you about it because you also quit your job. And I want to ask you about something in particular with you and you quitting your job, but we'll get to that in a minute. For the summary, eight years at a television station, before that, another television station, and before that, print media, in total, 20 years in media. And I am not only quitting a job, but I'm quitting media per se. You, your media career is old enough to drink almost. I know my, <laughs> that's true, but I'm still going to do, I guess what you would call non-traditional media, which like, I guess this is you and me talking right now, doing this thing. This would be considered non-traditional media. Also, um, I, I, I would say awesome media is, is, it is also works. I think that does also work as well, but I I'm saying traditional instead of saying mainstream. You, you said mainstream media, and I just thought, like, where is my pitchfork? Like, I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, mainstream media has got a little bit of what you might call a bad rap these days. So what do you think of when you hear mainstream media besides pitchforks? I mean, I get, like, you know, cable news, and I, I, I use cable news. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not a media expert. You're not? Uh, I'm not a media expert either. I just have been doing it for a long time. Um, you know what else I'm not going to have to do besides sports ball? Uh, death, murder, and mayhem. Yes, you nailed it. You guessed it right <laughs> off the bat. That's exciting. I didn't even think about, oh, no, what about my murder chart? No, I don't care about my murder chart anymore. Okay, for other people who may be curious, why does she have a murder chart? Because that's that's like 75% of news is like, who got murdered today? So me being the weirdo that I am was like, let's find a pattern in murder. So I decided to track and chart all these murders over the years. And I obsessively did it for a very long time. And now I don't care anymore. Like, it's just like, and I'm done. No more. Done with it. And you don't have to track it anymore. It still exists for sure, but it's uh, it's so somebody else's problem to track. Exactly. The police, like they should be, not me. Um, random person tracking murders. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I, I think I would just like to mention that the whole murder chart thing, Samantha. That's not weird at all. Don't worry about <laughs> it. That, that that wasn't weird at all. I know. What did you think when I first told you about my murder chart? I used like Excel and stuff for like a living, so I was like. I wonder how she built it. I wonder how it works. <laughs> Let's talk about that. What do you do for a living, by the way? You have never told anyone what you do for a living. It's been a secret. It's like, I, I am a consultant. So people hire me and the people in my in my company to help them uh, use a 
CRM software called Salesforce. CRM is customer relationship management. So if uh, if you've ever done business with somebody who has a list of customers and they know, hey, this is what this person has bought and this is where this person lives and all that kind of stuff, it's all in a database. So we help people set that, that, that up and make it better. Nice. <laughs> this is your job in Finland, right? Yeah. Before I was doing this, I, I kind of accidentally fell into being in charge of like e-commerce and you know, websites and marketing and this kind of stuff at a LED lighting company. That's where I was using Salesforce. And I was like, hey, this this thing is, is pretty cool, I guess. You can, you know, you can have a lot of opportunity if you know what you're doing with it. So I was like, well, I'm going to figure out, you know, what I'm doing with it. And uh, that's that was kind of the start of, I guess. So I think Salesforce is going to be in my future too. So you're going to have to teach me how to use that at some point. So I want to hear your story on why... You quit your job and moved to the other side of the world job-wise. I don't think we've really talked about that part of it. Yeah. You, you might recall at, at one point, you know, when we met and over that, that, the first couple of years of that friendship, I really liked my, that, that existing job a whole bunch. I, I know. probably remember some of that kind of stuff. And um, confession, Baton Rouge is a wonderful place to visit, in my opinion. Um <laughs> So uh, during most of my time in, in Baton Rouge, I was not not like actively trying to leave or anything like that, but it was just like, you know, it'd be kind of nice to, to, to live somewhere else. And then I got this job at the lighting company and I was like, man, this place is awesome. And they, they treat their people good and all that kind of stuff. And at that point I figured, well, we've got a good job and this place isn't so bad. I'm riding bikes, got friends. So let's, let's stick around and, you know, you know, figure it out. So at that point, shortly after, after I got that job, we bought a house and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, things were kind of, you know, looking up the owner of that business moved out of state actually to California so I had another quote unquote boss because the owner moved and he was the one who like pushing all that we care about our employees and all that kind of stuff when he was he was out of the state then then you know everything there changed and I was like well now this is you know this is dumb and stupid again so um, at that point, I figured I wanted to look for something else. Maybe think about, you know, moving somewhere elsewhere in the United States. But really the thought was, imagine if I do find that, you know, that dream job somewhere else and like everything is really great right now. Like how easy will it be for like my boss to move on and then the job is not good again, right? Like it could just, it could just happen at the drop of a hat. The thought was, well, it wasn't this straightforward, but the thought was, hey, I'll move somewhere where the laws are better so that even if the boss moves on, stuff is still good because the laws mean it has to be good. Because I had, uh, my my family was Finnish and I'd been Finnish at one point. And Finland is, it's, it's like almost like, like clockwork. Oh, it's that time when like that report comes that says Finland is the best place to live or the happiest country in the world or something like that. So I was like, you know, I think, I think, I think I'm going to see if we can give that one a shot. And it worked out for you or it is working out for you. Okay. So the thing that I wanted to ask you about, and you can totally strike this off the record and, and I'll delete it from the conversation if you want. But before you left, I think one of the things that I asked you, it took me a while to build up the nerve to even ask you the question because I was very nervous to ask you. So you were leaving and you were leaving your beautiful, wonderful, talented, extremely compassionate and caring wife. Obviously, I I, I like her a little bit behind. She, she, and, she's pretty slow. Uh, by her choice, not by your choice. Uh, but And I said, are you worried that this could be the end of your relationship? You said very candidly that that you are more worried that your relationship would end should you stay. I thought that was a really profound statement. <laughs> and I'd like to hear you talk more about that if you're willing. Yeah, sure. So 
I was pretty unhappy with my job and, you know, the prospects of, of living in Baton Rouge or elsewhere where I might get a, a better job that would eventually become a not good job. So, you know, I was just not happy with that situation in general. And Jennifer was relatively okay, you know, with being in Baton Rouge and, you know, still is aside from the whole, you know, me being in a different continent kind of thing. But just with that background, like unhappiness and kind of stress and all that kind of stuff, that was not like a super great time, like for either of us. So what I, what the way, the way that I like to put it is, you know, some people think, you know, oh, you're moving overseas and leaving your wife. That's like a big, a big risk to the relationship. But for me, by the time we, we kind of together decided that like, this is what we're going to do. You know, that was really the thing that fixed the stress and the, the issues in that, in that relationship. I mean, I, I say in that relationship that it really wasn't anything bad. It was just like, you know, things could be better just with the whole living situation. So it's not like a relationship kind of issue. The decision from both of us to like let's 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 do something to make our lives better and better than it is right now, but that like that actively took us out of that bad situation. So that really was the thing that that fixed it, so to speak. Our jobs impact us so much, our everyday lives so much, and to the point of it really impacts our relationships. And I think a lot of the times people will look inward at their personal relationships, thinking that there's nothing they can do to solve their work problem. So they'll blame their life problems on their partner or their at-home relationships when really it's probably those work relationships that are causing you a lot of stress and problems. And if you were to resolve that problem, then your actual at-home relationships might improve a little, even if it's 3,000 miles apart. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, you spend eight hours at work, uh, you know, give or take. There, there's just no way that you can be completely free of that when you come home. You know, if we want to tie in, you know, biking and urbanism to this this real quick, one of my favorite things I learned, th- th- there's a great book called uh, Happy City. It, it discusses how uh, cities and environments and roads in the U.S. in general are built in ways that make people less happy and how doing really small things in the way that you design cities can, can make them better. But one of the things I learned from that book was that there's a... There's an optimum uh, time of a, a commute. Do you want to guess what, what the optimum commute time is, Samantha? 15 minutes. It's ex- Yes, 15 minutes, exactly 15 minutes. And then and the funny thing is when that commute gets shorter than 15 minutes, people become unhappier because that 15 minutes per this research is it's, lo- it's long enough that by the time you've commuted home, enough of that, that work mentality, enough of that stress has kind of fallen off your shoulders. That's a really interesting measure of, of how unconsciously, you know, work affects you even when you're at home, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. My former job, I had three different transportation experiences or commuting experiences while I was working there. One, when I first started, I was driving there then, but it was like a 15 minute drive. Mm-hmm. Then the second was biking there and it was also a 15 minute bike. This was the funny thing. It was one minute faster to bike to work than it was to drive to work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, and that was um, from the same location. And so it was a two and a half mile bike ride. Then my third experience was walking to work because I moved so close that I started biking there originally, but it was so close that it was like almost more trouble than it was worth to bike because, you know, pulling the bike out, having to park in the back of the building, you know, all these things, it just was more complicated than 
just walking. So mm-hmm. it, my walk turned to seven minutes total, seven minute walk. I did notice a difference. I definitely noticed a difference in my attitude and um, like that 15 minute bike ride just made all the freaking difference in the world. I love living, living so close that I can walk to work. I just wish the walk was a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's something I, you know, I noticed for me too, you know, during the pandemic, we have in, in our office or, or we did have, you know, six, seven, eight kind of folks there. And, you know, half of the people chose to, you know, still come to the office and half, half the people, you know, stay at work from home pretty much during that period. And so I'm, I'm lucky enough that my bike ride to work is 10, 15 minutes or something like that too. But I realized pretty quick, you know, when the first started, Hey, I can work from home all the time. This is great. I don't have to get up, but I really hated in the evening when my like my commute home was closing my laptop Mm. and then just like for the rest of the evening I'm just sitting there you know doing whatever I'm doing but my work is my 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 work space and and where I I spent all my energy doing work was like just a couple of feet away all the time and I really noticed it was like I didn't have any way to to kind of separate myself from that work so I started going in, in into the office again pretty quickly and did that for most of the pandemic. It was wonderful. There, there was not a lot of people there. So I was just as safe there as I was here, if we're honest. I actually heard of people during the pandemic having that same issue that you were talking about and they didn't have the option to go back into their office. So what they did was they would actually get up, get dressed in the morning and then get in their car and drive around the block <laughs> and they would go into their house and then they would, at the end of the day, same thing, they would get in right. their car and then go drive around for a little bit and then come home because it was totally like, there's this mental reset that happens in that commute time. And right. people were really missing that and they needed that that reset moment. Another thing that has happened in the re- in recent weeks with the job change and everything that I haven't talked to you about yet is um, I also took on a little side gig, uh-huh. um, a little part-time gig with a really awesome content marketing firm called RepCap. So uh-huh. I, I know RepCap very well. Oh, do you? Tell me. So uh, Mary Ellen, she's on the board with us at the, uh, at the Mid-City Gras. Oh. That's right. And then uh, at the at the lighting company, we use RepCap for some content uh, once or twice too. They're good oh, people. Wow! Yes, I am so in love with Mary Ellen. I told her when I met her, I said, "You're my spirit animal," and she's like, "I, I don't really know what that means, but thank you." And I was yeah. like, "No, it's a it's a good thing because <laughs> I want to be you when I grow up for sure." Give her give her a high five for me next time oh, you see her if, if you I see will. her in person. I know exactly. Well, see, and I probably won't see her in person very often because her entire company is remote and everything. And she's always had it that way. And it's so funny because she said she designed it for that purpose because of hurricanes, because living Mm -hmm. in South Louisiana, hurricanes are reality. And then guess what happened recently? Hurricane, a little hurricane, right? A little hurricane. And she got knocked offline. And it was really cool because the company didn't skip a beat because they have people located all over who were able to, to pick up. And then the people who weren't able to work were able to just be like, Hey, look, sorry, I can't complete this. I think it's just super cool what she's doing and working with them has really allowed me to learn a lot about different workplace environments that I didn't even know honestly existed or were even possible. To me, growing up in American workplace culture, the thought of a company that's all remote, the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, it must be a scam. (laughs) (laughs) 
right. you know, like it must be some sort of like, you know, you can get paid, uh, you know, you can make $3,000 a week working from home, you know, like sure you can. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not real, but Oh, by the way, I have some fun facts for you. Oh, I like fun facts. I know related to the topic that we have, we are doing because Monday was labor day. Mm -hmm. And so for my bike ride that week, I did a labor day themed bike ride. You can read all about it in the downtown East newsletter. Yeah, no. So labor day, the department of labor in the United States was formed in 1913, but prior to that, the reason why there were all these creation of unions and there were, um, and labor day was created as a holiday because people People were working during the industrial revolution at the beginning of the industrial revolution were working 12 hour days, seven days a week. And Mm -hmm. children as young as five were working in factories for like a fraction of what adults made, Mm -hmm. Um, which makes you wonder like, wow, like you had to be really desperate to be like, all right, take my five-year-old. We need every penny we can get. Literally the department of labor was created and the the for one of the first things that they did was they created the 40 hour work week. It was a reaction to like, look, you can't be working people 82 hours a week. They need a break. So um, they made it to where, you know, 40 hours was a standard work week, anything over 40 hours, and you had to give them more money. And that was just, that was the way it was going to be. And that kind of forced industry to say, all right, fine. We're not going to work them literally you know, as much as possible for the least amount as possible. And they kind of were forced into treating people a little bit better. Um, They also created the weekend. So the five day work week, 40 hours. Think about that. I think that's great that that was created, but that was created in 1913. Work has evolved. You know, the world has evolved. Things have changed. We're working, we're operating off of a system that is completely antiquated. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we, we have a system that's built off of something that, you know, was meant for a completely different era, a completely different time, a completely different, you know, set of technologies that were created. So why shouldn't we be looking for better ways? Why shouldn't there be, um, you know, better laws, like you said, on the books to um, create environments that are more conducive to the world we live in now, not the world we lived in, you know, over a hundred years ago. Right. Yeah. So, and that's kind of where I was at with my journalism job was, you know, just saying, you know, this, this is not working for me and where I am in life. And that's not to say it didn't work for me at one point in time. It's just not working for me now. So it's time to do something different, shake things up, cut all my hair off and, and (laughs) go find a different job. (laughs) Do you think you'll you'll regret the hair situation in the winter when it's cold and your ears are chilly? Uh, These are, these are important questions, Samantha. They really are. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Um, but I'm planning on regrowing my hair long for winter. I think I'm just going to start doing a summer shag, Mm -hmm. you know, and just be like short for summer long for winter. You know, it makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. But yeah, so I think, um, I think you're on to something too. Whenever I tell people, I was talking about you yesterday to some girlfriends of mine, and we were talking about what Finland's laws are regarding work and how everybody has that magic month off that magic month. And then the bonus that I didn't know about. I mean, that's just like, come on, definitely got a few people going, wait, what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing. You know what though? I have since 
we've spoken of that, learned that there are other companies in the United States that are taking entire months off. Um, there's a actually a podcasting company that takes the entire month of August off mm-hmm. uh, and th- their whole company takes the month off. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of um, evolving happening in the U.S. with companies as well. There's a podcast that I listened to called Punk Rock HR. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's super cool. Like I never would have thought that I would be super interested in, in HR content, but you know, HR being human resources. So like right. you, you tend to think of human resources as the, like the lame department, you know what I mean? You definitely don't think of it as punk rock, right. but it's the concepts. I think that she's putting out there that are so punk rock is like human centered styles of management and things like that. Uh, it, which is like, what we focus on people. That's crazy. <laughs> and it's so right. punk rock, you know, but it's like, it's maybe the way it should be. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and the thing with with many human resources departments is, is they're really the exact opposite of human resources. They're like they're how can how can we squeeze as much out of this human instead of how can we provide this human with enough material and resources and knowledge and love and you know whatever that human needs to like do well for us. Mm. I think. Uh, I'm going to make up a statistic right now that, that I don't know 100% if tr- is true. Right. But I, I, I bet if you look at how much a worker in Finland produces over, over the year, I bet they produce as much, if not more, as someone who, who works in America does, who puts in, you know, a bajillion more hours, you know? Totally. Humans as a resource, as opposed to resources for humans. Right. Which way are you going to look at your HR? Are you looking at your people as just a thing that you need to achieve a goal? Or are you looking at how can I create an environment that will be great for the humans that are here helping me to accomplish this goal? (laughs) Right. The thing about humans is like the difference in performance between like a happy human and a unhappy human is not is not small. A happy human is not going to do 10% better than an unhappy human. They're going to produce three, four times more just because they're excited. They care about what they're doing. They're there with people that they, you know, they, they like hanging out with. There's so much to be gained there. Absolutely. I mean, for me, that was, that was the killer of where I was at. That was the problem was, it, and, and I'm not trying to speak negatively of my former job because, you know, it was very good to me. They did a lot of great stuff for me and I would not be where I'm at in life right now if it were not for that job. I'm very grateful for it. At the end of the day, there were a group of people that just, they didn't, they didn't dig my vibe. They weren't into me and I get it. I'm a lot. I am a lot to deal with. And I really like to push the boundaries and I like to um, explore and try new things. And not everybody is into that. And I get it. And, um, and I can be a little bit uh, overly excited when I come up with an idea and thinking that everybody else is going to be into the idea too. And you know what? Yeah, not all the, not all the time is that the case. So, um, so I get it. That workspace made me unhappy because of that dynamic that was happening. 
And it just made it to where really, I I was telling somebody that when I came back from the pandemic, Sam didn't come back from the pandemic. I didn't go into that building myself ever again. You know, I went in there and I I wore the same thing every day. I wore a uniform because um, I feel like when I left during the pandemic, I realized how much that work environment was weighing on me and causing me to feel, you know, negatively about myself and about my, the work I was producing and in general just felt bad. And so when I was removed from it and I realized, oh, that was the source of it. That was what was causing it going back to it. I couldn't go back to it the same person I was. And that's why I had to move on because it just, I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I couldn't be a a productive person anymore. Happiness matters, man. It really does. It's uh, it's it's kind of weird, but yeah, it's 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 kind of important how like you know people should be happy and stuff. There's a <laughs> um, there's a, a quote by somebody who oh I don't know at, right now, but but there's when you go to the New Orleans Zoo, there's a there's an enclosure perhaps for the for the emus or kangaroos or something like that. It's got a quote by an unnamed person or a named person whose name I forget. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Uh, that I that I always like a lot, and it said, "What did you th- what, what did you think that joy was some slight thing? People's happiness and joy, and, and the, the kind of good experience that you have is people don't realize how how big those things are, you know? Absolutely, chasing joy, man. It's it seems like a never ending task, which it is, and you're never going to be 100 happy all the time. And the thing that makes you happy today isn't necessarily the thing that's going to make you happy tomorrow. Yes, yes, we get all that, but that doesn't mean you should stop trying." I don't believe in people when people say, you know, oh, well, you're just going to, you're just going to have problems wherever you go. Jobs suck. I mean, come on. I don't believe that's true. I think because I very much loved my job at many points in my career, just because I didn't at the end game of it doesn't mean I loved it any less, you know, at one point in time, it's just not where I'm at now. And it doesn't mean I shouldn't change because I'm unhappy at this current moment. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe I would be happy again. Maybe I could ride out the, you know, clock, but I think there's something innate in us as humans to move on when our resources are depleted. You know, like that's what you would do in nature. If you were, we were the animals that we are and we were to use up all the resources around us, we'd move. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's food on the other side of that there hill. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. We would figure out a way to get to the other side of that hill. And the other thing that that I hear every now and then when this kind of conversation comes up is the dreaded quote that like when I hear it, it just makes me sad inside is when someone says, oh, I could never do that. (laughs) Right. You kind of make it true when you, when you say that, you know? Very much so. I think that's the whole point of this thing we're doing now. We're just. Oh, that's right. Do the thing. That's right. (laughs) It's the thing. Just get out there and do the thing, man. Mm Mm-hmm. It's pretty good how that worked out, huh? It's like we planned it. Hey, Mika, at some point before you end up leaving Finland, because I'm sure you will at some point, I'm going to go. I promise. Yeah? Yeah. But I'm... <laughs> you, sound, you sounded real confident about that. Yeah. No, I am gonna, I'm going to make it over there one day. I swear. I swear. Excellent. It's going to happen. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm finished with you, basically. I'm, fi- I'm finished <laughs> That's pretty with good. you. I like uh, it. Yeah. Okay. It's because I'm, I'm finished, kind of. Because you're finished. Yeah. Thank you, my friend, and um, have an awesome, beautiful day.
Uh. <laughs> That's what it is. Hold, please. <laughs>